Like, <laughs> to the rest of the world, she sounds real Brooklyn, but to me, she just sort of sounds like a local girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just Jersey, you know, you yeah. guys and... Well, it puts the hair and this this shirt with the the vintage shirt, I guess. He's talking her into going to make out in the car. Yeah, well, it's just funny because this is like the way the, these movies go, and you know, you know, so a charming guy. Did you know that this not. Jungle Julia? Apparently, there were three films in which there was the appearance of Jungle Julia, and the. The first time was when you and I saw my best friend's birthday. Right. Oh, he was the Jungle Julia, right? She was a DJ. Well, he gets a phone call and like, I don't do requests. And the the person is like, um, it wasn't Jungle Julia though. It was, uh, where is it? Uh, Unruly Julie is what the DJ's name Unruly was. Julie. And he was like, well, we really do oh, whatever she wants in her show. If you want to hear more about Quinn Tarantino's first yet unfinished movie, uh, you could, we, we did it in front of a live audience. We, we ripped that one. So uh, check out one of our earlier films. Uh, check out Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. Uh, once I updated it to this year, man, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did it on I better check that before I open oh, my mouth. Yeah. Well, you know what? Go to our YouTube channel. It's a good excuse anyway, as any and see if uh, it's posted. I think it was. I think both the hours were, were accounted for. Yeah. For that live show. Let's take a look. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It only had 31, 38 views. It was one month ago. Quentin Tarantino's ah. best friend's birthday. 37 yeah. views. Okay. How many views are for uh, They're Playing With Fire with oh, uh, yeah, a screen right. grab? And uh, they're playing With Fire. Um, let me check it out. I'll go to videos. I'm just going to say, like, uh, Eli Ross is a director who acts in his film, and I think he acts, he's a little better actor than Quentin Tarantino. He shows up in Glorious uh, Bastards as the Bear Jew. Oh. Uh, 6.7 thousand, Mike. Oh, my God. Just because of that screen grab. Mm -hmm. She's in this very alluring uh, bathing suit. But not really. But not really. You you don't even see her bust. Um, huh. Most of these are make sense because it's all about sex, but some of them are inexplicable. Yeah. Well, we just saw, um, uh, well, we've seen, well, there's, Oh, man. So what do you think about Kurt? Do you think Kurt, how much face uh, plastic surgery do you think Kurt Russell has? None. Did he have plastic surgery? I don't know. But look, I mean, he's a freak. He's got this giant forehead. Like, uh, forehead Maybe has he has that work done. But I just, I just think he looks older. Um, yeah. So Quentin Tarantino, you know, I, I read interviews. I watched interviews about this film. And, like... He likes Snake Plissken, you know? He likes badass. Um, uh, you know, it, he, how can I put this? Like, he would go and watch... Uh, let's see. I've got some written down here. Well, well he, I'll uh, come back to it, he but he missed the badass. Yeah. What's that? 
Well, I mean, if you have Disney Plus, he's uh, the adorable secret computer that wears tennis shoes. But he was in a bunch of John Carpenter films, you know, Snake Plissken and uh, uh, The Thing, where he was just badass, you know, throughout the 80s. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, sorry, I got dizzy just thinking about that. And you know, if you ever see uh, uh, shit, the his, his hateful eight, as I mentioned, uh, Kurt Russell re- returns, and yes. uh, there's a lot of John Carpenter like plot twists, and they use a lot of music from uh, Sergio, uh, not Sergio Leone. Uh, they used a lot of uh, uh, movie uh, soundtrack from previous John Carpenter movies. So he loves John Carpenter. Yeah. So he goes, hey, that's the woman from the first movie. When I saw this film, people were walking out. Like I saw the theatrical release, really? like by hour two and a half, people were done. You know, they just well, got up and left. Very little slasher stuff compared to the talking. You basically are a, a fly on the wall for girls' conversations throughout a m- much of it. Yeah. Here it is. Uh, Quentin Tarantino says, I would open the newspaper and see an ad that says Kurt Russell in Dreamer or Kurt Russell in Miracle. And I'm not disparaging this movies, but I'm thinking, when is Kurt Russell going to be a badass again? Oh, right. Well, he's not a badass in this movie. He's a badass in the first half of the movie, and then he's a fucking cartoon character for the second half. <laughs> now, look, he was not the first choice. He wasn't the first choice. This list is crazy. I kept, well, I kept telling Quinn, I don't want the role. And he kept calling me, and then I had talked to Samuel Jackson, and they're calling on behalf of a friend. I said, is it Quinn? And Jackson's like, I can't say. This was like a nightmare, you know? You wouldn't. You know what it's like to get called from Tim Roth? Like, Tim Roth, why are you calling me? Oh, no reason. Hey, what you doing? You should do Quinn's new film. Like, I know, you know. He put you up to it. Okay, so Tarantino attempted to cast John Travolta, William Defoe, John Malkovich, Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke, Mike Spiegelman, Bruce Willis, and Sylvester Stallone. Wow, Sylvester Sloan turned down Tarantino? They were all unavailable due to prior commitments, and he settled for Kurt Russell. Well, I mean, Kurt Russell is his current muse. He's a narrator in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. as well as uh, a role in it. I, w- I could definitely see some of these names. I could definitely see John Malkovich being a creep. I could uh, let's see- show you Malkovich's impression. Couldn't you see, um, like, Mickey Rourke would have been really creepy in this. Yeah, I'm surprised he turned it down. Maybe his his cute little dog passed away at that point, and he wasn't. Now, I got to tell you, like, <laughs> the the theatrical release, they intentionally cut out scenes, and then when the, the movies were released separately as Weinstein as, uh, <laughs> Company DVDs with full-length movie with additional material added. So the lap dance and the whole fucking Italian Vogue scenes are not in the theatrical release. Like, I oh. I went to Best Buy. Full disclosure, I lived next door to Best Buy at the time, and I would go on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I bought Planet, uh, Planet uh, Horror or whatever the one is, Terror. I still have it. And I bought uh, this one. 
the day of, and I see, you know, watch those movies and with the added scenes, I'm like, this is such a depressing lap dance. What the fuck? I mean, the Vogue shit. What's going on? Yeah. There's the star of our track. first film, Rose McGowan. Yep. Yeah. She was a powerful hero in the first film. Let's see what happens in the Tarantino version. Now, there's the drug dealer. Let's, he's the pot dealer. Finally. So this one's saying that my boyfriend stiffed me. Can you give me a ride home? And she's like being creepy charmed by by uh, Kurt Russell. It's creepy. Yeah. But she's she's feigning being charmed because she needs a ride. Yeah. And the age difference is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody. Well, there's no, oh gosh, I guess I'm wrong. I want to tell you there's nothing sexual here, but that can't be if she's so sexy. But I mean, later they even it said she even says to the girls, you know, there's no way I'm sleeping with him. I think you're right. I think there's some sex, uh, some implied sex here. Yeah, and also I just think the age difference, like, I mean, it would be, I don't know, maybe you could be a sophisticated gentleman who could talk to ladies of all ages, you know, like, oh, that guy was a gentleman. But but this guy's kind of creepy, though. Yeah. And there we go. And she brings up the age difference when she says to the girls, I'm not sleeping with him. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. 12? I don't know. 14 pairs? I'd lost count. Of of feet? <laughs> yeah. No, so like none of no these, action. None of these this car stuff is um, CGI. Uh, Tarantino in one of the interviews says um, CGI for car stunts doesn't make sense to me. How's that supposed to be impressive? I don't think there's any good chase since I started making films in '92. For me, the last terrific chase, car chase was Terminator 2 and Final Destination 2. Final Destination 2, I haven't seen that one. Oh, Final Destination uh, is a horrible film. Um, one, I don't see two. What's that? I saw the final. There was one in 3D, and uh, they all go to a movie house that has 3D, and uh, it's real, like... Uh, so uh, uh, they get attacked by real mechanism. It isn't just the effects. They're like, look out, here comes these spikes. And it's like real spikes. And you watch it too. So, you know, so this movie is so long. We're half hour into it. And you're like, you got your drinks. And then the popular comes and they got to go smoke a ball. And it's like a fetishized type in the last, you know. Yeah, out he, here. he says this is akin to a slasher film, but we don't see anything until 45 minutes into the movie. That's when we see our first death. Well, I guess it's implied that these are the cheap movies that would drag it out, you know, drag out these things and kind of ostentatiously build up tension, but also to just kill time and not spend money on actual slasher shit. Right now, Mike is giving his credits as a stuntman, and nobody's ever heard of these shows. He has this weird thing where he always has some women who look like they're from the 90s. Like these three women with the glasses, uh-huh. and also if you're seeing like don't they look like they should be at a 90s uh, coffee house? Just I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, 
I mean, this is like, let's go to Borders and uh, read books for free. Sounds great. You know, we could go to the magazine stand and read all the magazines for free. Whoa. Hi, can you imagine that? They don't care. Nope. This is like, he loves Austin. He's not in, he doesn't live in Austin, but he has a bar and he has friends. He's all, so if you ever see like Hill Bill, when they have the second one where they're at the bridal rehearsal, all the women look like they're from the 90s. I guess it's I have to see Kill Bill that. again. Listen, I did not enjoy Kill Bill at all. I just I'm not a fan of these cartoon violence and I mean I did I don't know, maybe I enjoyed it, but what if it was a story about a man who gets a dog after his wife dies and he's driving around New Jersey, he just did a bunch of donuts in a in a uh, airplane hangar yeah. and he's at a gas station. And these Russian mob guys are like, we like your car. And the guy's like, okay. It's not for sale. back in Russian. Not for sale. And the guy says, everything's for sale, bitch. And he goes, not this bitch. Anyway, so the guy drives home with his dog, and he lives in New Jersey like we do. And the Russian guys come, and they beat the shit out of him and kill the dog. And it winds up the guy is actually uh, an assassin, former assassin. Did I miss anything? Uh, listen, I hate John Wick films. As a matter of fact... My son said, you got to see it, Dad. So I got John Wick 1, and I didn't watch the whole yeah. thing. I quit. And and John uh, Wick was I, wrong. You know, well, I mean, like, I, I agree with you that I do love those movies. And since I've been uh, sheltering in place, I have a lot of my library copies of the trilogy. So I've been watching them a lot more than I should. And they all have a very, like, it's like more stuntman movie. You know, it's like a comic book movie. And even in the in commentary, they say this is a graphic novel kind of feel to it. It's so it's always about, like, All right, I don't know. Let the, me say the, my piece here about John Wick. And I might have already told you this before. John Wick's beef was not with the Russian mob. John Wick's beef was with this individual person who killed this dog. That's what I want to say. Yeah, the son. Yeah, he was way wrong to take on the mob. They had nothing to do with it. And the the mob boss who was on the phone with him in the beginning was saying, John, be reasonable. And John Wick wasn't. He was wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> so he kills the son, but then he spends like the last 30 minutes destroying the, his dad's empire, right? Like yeah, the last half 40 minutes. Yeah, they could have in the movie, like, you know, the guy who killed your dog is dead, the end. You know, this is the first film since Pulp Fiction he did in all those years that didn't win awards. Oh, yeah. Well, this is kind of considered, like, this and I guess uh, Hateful Eight people will say, ah, oh, that's not my favorite Tarantino, but those are the ones I like. I mean, I like this film and the fact that it's really weird, you know. Tarantino says of his collection of films, not that this is a bad film, he would never say something like that, but he says of his collection of films, this one is the worst one. Really? Didn't he see Once Upon a Time? Maybe because he didn't see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet. (laughs) That one wasn't so bad. Okay, Tarantino said Uh, Death Proof has got to be the worst movie I ever did. It's important to note that he was saying the worst movie I make, not saying that it was a bad movie, but that's the worst in his uh, filmography. His opinion. This is what, I mean, this movie's bad enough that we're doing a whole show about it. It's a bad movie. I mean, no no bones about it. It's it's poorly done, and 
Well, you know, it's interesting because it, it's, it, yeah. Okay, the fact that it really, really literally looks like a 70s film is great, right? I mean, he got that right with the bleached out color and the scratchiness and the fact that there's no CGI and the car crashes. Right now, uh, Kurt Russell is calling her out on, he said the poem he's supposed to say for the lap dance, by the way. Right. I see London. I see France. <laughs> I see Michael's <laughs> underpants. Woohoo! Here comes your lap dance, Robert Frost. It is Robert Frost, that's right. Yeah. I remember yeah. reading that poem and it said, um, uh, well, the girls in France, well, they don't wear any pants, <laughs> but they do wear grass to cover up their ass. Robert Frost. Robert Frost. <laughs> Your lap dance will be fire. Some say ice. I actually, I learned this poem in, in uh, college, and the, the textbook that I had had an asterisk at the end, and it says, this poem will get you a free lap dance at Austin, Texas. <laughs> now, Another thing Derek Dieter ripped there was a call, Big Trouble in Little China in 1986. There's a white tank top from it hung up on the bar. But I can, and it's right to the right of the uh, Amy jukebox, but I can never find it. That's another John Carpenter, Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Yeah. So his obsession for about Kurt, I mean, these, Kurt's a good actor in all in the three movies he's been with them, but it's like, it's that John Carpenter. Uh, Kurt Russell is a creep in this movie, but he's doing his role. He's doing exactly what was he was cast yeah. to do. <coughs> well, he does exactly what the director wants him to do. He's oh, like, I want you to behave this way, and then I want you to behave that way. So this scene was not in the theatrical release. It was added to the DVD and the, the other releases. Well, it it's 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 rated the third most uh the most sexiest lap dance in a horror film by some magazine the internet thought that was important to tell me now number two ready takes manhattan yeah look at the jukebox there's a, a yeah, board and to the right of that is the tank top from big trouble in little china ah perfect I'll get them. Let's listen to the music. Why you gotta be so rude? I'm gonna bury that girl. <laughs> bury her anyway. Bury her anyway. In my backyard. Mike, you know, I do, I mean, not currently, it's uh, COVID, but I do that on stage, that song. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I thought, I uh, agree. Anyway. I Really, that's a sexy lap dance song too. So it is right. It's pleasurable. Actually, let's listen to the song as you. Okay. I got a pocket full of quarters. I'm headed to the arcade. Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man fever. Oh, look at that. This is not in the theater theatrical release, and it's kind of deadening. It's just kind of like the way it's shot. It's just like deadening. There's those '90s chicks. That 90 checks. He's like, uh, where's my cappuccino? In Austin, 10 minutes. She's like an actress because she's like pretending I'm not jealous. 
little silly. So what, what's the t-shirt she's wearing? Is it the Bay Bridge? Is it the Golden Gate Bridge? I Something interesting? don't know, but she's a Brooklyn person. I don't know that that would be her. Is it the Bay Bridge? Is he a Brooklyn person because of the way she left hands? That's no, more of a East no. Coast left hands. That's a female person. That's... Ooh. It's like, oh, I guess there are people watching the lap dance. Show us the t-shirt, Quentin. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I forgot when we go to strip clubs, we always look at watch TV or look at the stuff on the wall. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on the music. Okay. That's all right. You keep promising. Yeah. We built this city. <laughs> we built this city. I just don't find that structurally sound. Now so we're going to they the, built the city? I'm not going to sleep with him stuff. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Well, this is awesome. It's not Hollywood. There you go. Go ahead. Are you listening? I'm listening. Oh, I, it froze up on me. Damn it. I got I got buffering, Carl. All right. So am I pausing? Yeah. Oh, this reminds me of the time I went to see Jackie Brown. I was on uh, Van Ness at the movie house. Mike. Mike. It's a, Are you? Mike. It's still buffering. Okay. Yeah. I'm at 42.39, so count me up. Okay. Please. I'm at 42. All right. 46? 36? 37, 38, 39. All right. Now let's listen. All right. Well, it's too late. Well, anyway, it's right. too late. They accused her of going to sleep with him, and then she was making all these reasons why she's not, including his age. So she's a good girl. Right. He's the guy from Disney's Miracle. You don't want to fuck him, right? That uh, I don't know. I never saw Convoy, but one of the trucks has a a little uh, thing on the hood like that. The duck. So Tarantino yeah. was one time drinking in a hotel with Sean Penn, and Tarantino oh, yeah. saying that he wants to buy a Volvo because he doesn't want to die in some auto accident like the one in Pulp Fiction. And Sean Penn said, you could give any car to a stunt team and for 10 grand, for 15 grand, they can death proof it for you. And that was the first time it started going around and round in Tarantino's head, death proof. He ripped it off of Sean Penn. Yeah. I was all ready to make the movie called Death Proof and start with Jack Nicholson and something terrible happens in four hours. Oh boy. Now, so this is where the movie gets creepy, right? This is where right. finally an hour into the movie. This is Stuntman's Mike Stunt Car. So, you know, this car can withstand a crash. Uh, you know, this is the kind of car, like a NASCAR or something, it's built that if th there's a crash, the driver won't die. He might get hurt but he's not going to die. And so he's talking her into how safe she'll be 
because he won't be touching her <laughs> knee trying to get fresh because she's in this little cage. But he doesn't say that it's not the passenger seat that's going to, you know, him will mention it later. Yeah, because it's interesting. Like, that's another thing. Like, this is Austin, Texas. Like, it's just any city USA say there's going to be a guy like this with a car like this. It's just, you know, I, I mean, I guess that's the creepiness of it. But And why isn't he like, in Hollywood off. if he's a former stuntman? Right. He's done all these 80s movies. They still have this car. Oh, here's the big. I was hoping you would say take a left turn. Right. If you take a left, we could go over to Nathan's hot dog, which is on the left side. But now we got to go over to Carl's, a junior. And I hate that second kid of Carl's. Ah, don't get me started. <laughs> now you have to get sued no, immediately. Yeah. And then now it's like a 70s movie. Finally, something happens. And, and it's the hero of the first movie getting killed, the woman of the first movie. She was the hero, not Rose McGowan. Isn't that Rose McGowan? And oh, uh, and uh, it is, and I got it wrong. Ow! Ow! Let me let me check. Hey, 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 Google. Does Rose McGowan die in Death Proof? <laughs> All right. Damn fucking mini radio studio <laughs> voice assistant. Oh, shit. Oh, oh yeah. These were, Here we go. Like dizzy, you know, beat up. <laughs> and now she starts to plead, like, if you let me go, I won't tell anybody because this is just your funny joke, right? The audience is saying the same thing. Like, listen, you know, can you let us go? Yeah. This is just your funny thing. Yeah. So you said some people this is the audience. out. Oh yeah, so you know there was some true heart. So part of it is that there was two movies in a row, and it came out on Easter weekend, and uh, so people were just kind of done. But not this scene, but when they cut to the second set of women and they start talking at a diner, yeah. people were just leaving. People were done. Wow. And then that was that was a scene where about two thirds of the audience just left. It was empty by that point. And yeah, it just killed the headliner. How to follow that? Can you believe it? He's like, what happened? Why'd you put that guy before me? <laughs> Boom! Ow! Ow! It's so terrible. Now I think that Quentin missed the the missed something here. I think what should have happened is that Rose McGowan dies in the crash itself. But maybe he wanted. Um. To do, you know, a, you know, a double whammy. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you show how sinister a guy named Stuntman Mike, and then he has these stupid photos. He gets rid of these photos, so it's like no evidence that he knew about right. those girls. He just threw them there by the crash, the upcoming crash. Crash. Oh, I don't know who she is. It's kind of blurry. Oh, look at the feet. Yeah, this is kind of gratuitous, too. So then we have like 17 and a half pairs of feet in this so far because there's only one bare foot being shown. They're fucking stoned and drunk. Yeah. And someone's going on and on about some 60s fan of some celebrity. Hey, wait a minute. 
this song that they talk about, I think are the sons of like the Rat Pack. So it's interesting to say that the uh, Sybil Cheryl uh, Ladd's daughter and Cindy Poitier's uh, daughter are in this movie because they listen to a song of uh, celebrities' uh, children sing, sing their own song. Let me see if we get that part. Now we're going to hear the Wilhelm scream when they crash. Oh, good old Wilhelm. Yeah. He said he should donate every all every royalty scream to charity. You know, he's making money off of agony. Like every time a Star Trooper gets shot by a laser beam. But here's the song. Yeah, like Ricky Dicky Dicky and Dookie. Oh, here I'll I'll play the music. Why you gotta be so cruel? Don't you know I'm cute? Cheryl Ladd's daughter. Her premiere was three years old on Charlie's Angels. Interesting. I left you a baby. Take care of it for the weekend. Right. What, Charlie? Yeah. Now, this is Austin, Texas, I guess, on on the outskirts. He's real sinister now. Like, he has a real rubber face in this movie, especially at the end where he turns into, like, why he coyote, but here he's, like, sinister, you know? Yeah. Where the audience is like, come on, show the shot. And it's such a, like, I don't know. He he hates women in this, the, the villain. Right? He hates these women. They kill him. Well, I think it's see. something like, sexual, because that's what the cops think. And there is a scene that they take out here. I'll tell you after right. the crash. The crash is horrific, right. and it's awful. I know, and then he, he fetishizes it because he shows you different angles and shots, you know, and I guess yeah. it's supposed to be like the old school film. Over and over, like he 80. shows you the crash. Like an 80s film, something explodes three times, and there's different angles of the explosion in the end. But here it's like it shows the complete crash in one angle, and then the complete crash in the second angle, and the complete crash in the third angle. Yeah. On lights. Boom. There goes the leg. There's the warm leatherette. Warm leatherette. Feel the driving seal yeah. of the steering wheel on warm. That's the leg. And there it is. It's a dream. She closes her eyes. And, Not really. Yeah. No, it's just a tire to her face. So the head's still there. I guess you're right. Now, there's a scene that they took out here in which, right now, Kurt Russell begins to masturbate. Interesting. And gross. And it got cut. Okay, so this is the character from the first movie. Now they're in the hospital where the zombies attack. This is, of course, prior to. And her dad is a character from from Dust of Dawn. Uh Uh-huh. He's actual... So uh, the late Michael Parks is in this movie. His son plays his son, and his daughter plays his daughter. So there they are, the whole family, the Parks family. And he, Earl McGuire, or whatever Graw, whatever he's supposed to play, he's in the beginning of From Dust to Dawn, where he talks to the guy at the. Uh, did you ever see that movie? There's a gas station yeah, where from he dust comes to Dawn, '96, and he's the sheriff. Right, and he says, like, don't eat at that place because the mongoloid touches the food. I think it's the, it's the line. And he gets killed. The Clint Tarantino and George Clooney shoots him, and he catches on fire or whatever. And they blow up the gas station. 
So he's dead in From Dust to Dawn, but he shows up in Planet Terror, and then he shows up in the second movie. So this yeah. is the character from the first movie. Well, first okay, no, the, the son was the sheriff. This this son, James Parks, was the sheriff in Dust Till Dawn yeah. 2, and he gets killed. Uh, yeah, uh, Texas Blood Money. And then in From Dust to Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter, Michael Parks plays Ambrose Birch of the Devil's Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? As as one would know. So, yeah, and Parks was, I don't know, like he was this, I've never seen the TV shows they keep referencing about this guy. Like, he was in the six, a lot of 60s stuff, and he's in a hippie, uh, pretty cool, existential little film where he's a young Michael Parks, but I've seen him in Tough, I've seen him in uh, Red State, and I've seen him in these movies. And Kill Bill, these two were the ones in Kill Bill that show up to the church massacre. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to mention, let me see if I can find it. There's, there was an article in Screen Crush. Uh, oh, AV Club recently talked about Death Proof, and they mentioned this article, and I went and took a look. And he's saying, like, re-watching Death Proof after hearing the news about Uma Thurman's car crash and Kill Bill. Uh-huh. I don't know if you – so Uma Thurman opened up to, I guess, New York Magazine, but she said, you know, she talked about Harvey Weinstein and how he treated her, and he also brought up that in Kill Bill 2, she was in a car crash. Like, Clint Tarantino wanted her to do her own stunt, and it's the second hour, and she just met Michael Parks, the pimp, uh, that's what reminded me. And she drives off and she hits a tree or something, or there's a crash. Mm-hmm. And he wanted her in the shop, not a stunt person. And she did it, and she actually got into a crash in a tree. And she said the terminal, his pain, permanent pain, or like some spine injury. Oh. And they, you know, and that was the last film they did together. Although Uma Thurman's kid shows up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So the Screen Crush article is great. If you have a chance to read it, it's, uh, Says that like how can you watch this film knowing what he did to Uma Thurman? You know, like knowing what happened, how does that change your view of this film where mm-hmm. these women get killed like that at his leaving his bar? Pretty negatively. Yeah, I agree. Talking over Michael Parks this is probably the best part. Like this guy, this whole feature, like you're saying, like the sick fucks getting off, not in my state. Yeah. That's right. He's going, I'll make sure it never happens in Texas again, but it's he's letting him go, essentially. Yeah, and then he goes to Tennessee. Now, this is the only Quentin Tarantino film that's in order, chronological order, and has no flashback in it. Oh, yeah. That's probably why I failed. There's no chapter, chapter one. Uh, Jungle Julia, chapter two. Yeah, right. They go to a phone. Quentin's place. Yeah, it's a nice little long dialogue. I mean, this is, you know, up. Oh. Womp womp. Womp womp. 14 months 14 later, months so we're later. in chronological order. Right. But there's still Placard showing the, uh, Captain Placard showing the, the time. So this scene was not in the theatrical release at all. All this shit. There's the potheads. Uh, yeah. Uh, Although I do want to go to, to Circle A and get some big red cola. That looks pretty good. <laughs> Maybe some big tackle. This is where, like, when I watched the DVD after seeing the theatrical release version, I said, what am I watching? This is so cartoonish. Like, this whole scene, like, like the, his character keeps changing. Like, he gets softer and more ridiculous and more powerless. And, like, he loses his cool with these guys. But what he does here is just so, you know, 
Well, he loses his cool after he gets shot. Right, right in a big way. But the fact that he goes and licks the guy, her, yeah, ninth and a half pair of feet, they going to lick those feet in this. Well, he, he touches with his hands, her feet. You notice how we're in black and uh, white now? Yeah. Well, he did that in Kill Bill where the fight scenes are in black and white because they used to, to censor the film with a lot of blood. They would turn uh-huh. the film to black and white. But this might just be like a cheap, like, this movie's so cheap, they did it. I should mention something. There is a movie called Stunt Rock, which I saw on TCM Underground. When I first saw this movie, I said, how can this film be a 70s uh, homage where a stunt woman from, like, uh, you know, down under plays herself? She there does. was a movie in the 70s called Stunt Rock where a Australian uh, stunt man plays himself going to L.A., doing stunts and rocking out with a uh, theatrical D&D metal band. Like, uh, they would do these, like, theatrical stage presentations. So it would be, like, live kiss wannabes and then the stuntman doing stunts in L.A. So there was a president. There was an actual Grindhouse movie with an Australian stuntman playing himself. So, you know. Now, she didn't know. Quentin Tarantino was like, I want to cast you in a film as an actress, not just a stunt person. And she had no idea. She thought she would just be some extra or cameo. She didn't know herself until she saw a mocked up movie poster of the movie that she was going to be a star. Now, who are we talking about? We're talking about the stunt woman, um, uh, Zoe Bell. Yeah. Yeah. She was the uh, Kill Bill. She was uh, Uma Thurman's stunt lady, stunt person. Yeah. Which that screen crush, uh, crush article keeps going off about. Like, well, he could get Uma, but he got the stunt woman. You know, like, but. but this whole scene is ridiculous. This is like, this is like New Jersey to me. Just hanging outside the big A. Maybe get a fountain drink or a hot coffee. It looks um, like Jersey, not North Carolina. What? Because, I mean, because of clerks or something? Because hanging out in front of, like, the all-night 24-hour store is, like, any state USA. You're right. And also it says bait and tackle. I don't think that's Jersey. Yeah, you're right. Maybe the, the fishing counties. Yeah, look at it. All right, he's going to touch the feet. That's how he licked it. Maybe in the version I have. Got to get a gratuitous coffee shot in there. Love drinking coffee. I like a pack of big red cigarettes and a coffee. And why wouldn't a cigarette be smelled? Or the other woman in the car be noticed, notice the guy. Oh, sorry. I dropped my pencil. More seconds of the feet. Oh, you're right. It's not the time. There must be one person who said, thank you, Clinton Tino, for this movie. I finally can, uh, yeah, she doesn't even check. Yeah, there's cigarettes on. Coincidentally, she's wearing a mask. Yeah, see, I told you, he's going to lick the foot. There you go. Oh, I guess he licks live on his finger and then rubs it on her foot. Here are my keys. 
Yeah, classic. There's that pencil. Oh, there's my upskirt camera. It was on the ground the whole time. It was under your desk the whole time. <laughs> now, this actress in the front seat. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth. I never can remember her name. Uh, Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winsteed. And the reason I recognized her face is because of Die Hard. She played Lucy, the daughter, in the same Die Hard film oh. that came out in 2007. Yeah, and she is in Birds of Prey. She is, uh, I guess, the kid called the Crossbow Killer. Mm-hmm. That's not my name, but the Huntress. <laughs> and she's in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, she's great in that. Yeah, she's great. Like, she's in, oh, you know what? They ever see that Cloverfield movie, the second one? She's really good in that. And then there's Rosario Dawson, who's in a lot of good stuff. Yeah, so the second set of women are, are uh, I guess, a better set pair of actors. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Now, we know this woman, Rosier- Rosario Dawson. We know her yeah. from Men in Black. <laughs> And um, we also know yeah. her from that Clerks 2 kind of film. Um, yeah. But for me, I think it was called... <clears throat> she was in a movie that almost nobody knows. It's called Eagle Eye, 2008. Did you did you see Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, and uh, Michelle Monaghan, right? I think she's in that. I love that film. Wow. Well, the oh, computer, it's, it's AI, right? And it thinks that yeah. the, the government is a threat to the government. So it, oh, we're in color it's again. Called, it's the Kill Bill color. Yeah. It's the police uh, jumpsuit. This is what I mean about Quentin Tarantino. He's so into himself. He pay, he he puts he pays homage to himself in all his films with the same cigarette brand and and uh you know all these references to it's it's like it's its own little bubble but okay well, that's the thing for the sixty four thousand dollar question is what does it signify ultimately what does it signify it just goes up his own ass yeah it's empty. but I, I guess it's the universe but that's the thing like uh, from dust to dawn was vampires. So Earl McGray is not in the, he, you know, Tarantino is blathers about how he has a movie universe where like, what kind of movie would the Reservoir Dog guys see? They would go see From Dust to Dawn. Yeah. So From Dust to Dawn is a movie zombie, so it's not true. And even if the Rodriguez movie beforehand is about zombies, say, so that's not true, but it has that the, those characters in it. And so they show up, he shows up in this. Oh, there's shock cinema. Look at this. What well, fucking 7-Eleven has shock cinema? That's what right. I always this read. This is Tarantino's world. Yeah. So she goes, get Allure, because I'm in Allure this month. Right. There she is. She looks great. Very professional. None of this was in the theatrical release. Can you imagine watching, like, one movie and then have to watch this scene? Yeah, capital W is Red Apples for Ladies. They're for women. <laughs> so now... Uh, he's like, hey, I've got Italian, you know, I've got other magazines, fashion magazines back here. I've got Italian Vogue. Right, which they do in Lebanon, uh, Tennessee, all the time. Like, you go to any gas station, they always have in the back an Italian Vogue. 
He drops Italian Vogue right now. She stops in her tracks and turns. This month's copy? Meanwhile, there's like a a rack of two. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what fucking liquor store has an Italian Vogue in Shock Cinema in Lebanon, Texas? Uh, well, that's what uh, Lucy McLean says here. And he goes, no, it's his personal collection. He's got it behind. He's selling it for $21. We're splitting it three ways. Oh, oh, really? They're going to pay $8 a piece? That's a ripple. <laughs> so I should just tell you a little something about these cars. The front, the front plate on Stuntman Mike 70, so, 70 Nova has the same characters as the 68 Fastback Mustang driven by Steve McQueen in Bullet. Oh, all right. I duly noted. It's a San Francisco film with one of the greatest car chases ever, Bullet. Did you? No, I see that movie. I have that. I watched that movie like I've seen it a dozen times. I love that film. It's a great film. It's not just the car chases. They go over to like uh, Grace Cathedral. I mean, there's some there's some cool shots in the old Mercadero Freeway. Is the, uh, where the apartment is? He's keeping the the witness at. Plus, Steve. The older scene might not badass, you know. This scene here is really gratuitous. It's like I feel like they just shot it for the trailer. Like you see this in the trailer, and you go, "I want to see this film." And then when you see the film, it's like just this the wholesale scene from the trailer just thrown in there. I guess it's his pattern. He first takes pictures of the girls that he wants to kill. Uh, now we're back to the release. So, uh, none of that, that's such a long film. Why did we have to watch them go take a Kipia gas station? Before I know. And this whole long thing of, okay, so they've picked up Zoe from the airport and Zoe's playing herself. And I'm not clear if she's from New Zealand or Australia. Uh, He's from Australia. See, that's the thing. Obviously. When they're in the diner, he's, she says you're from Australia, and she goes, you never call a person from New Zealand from Australia. I don't know. They're, then she's like, just kidding. No, I'm from Australia, I is. And I, I just can't tell what's the truth. Of course, I should have researched They go to a liquor store that advertise the most obscure stuff like GOGs. And they go and they buy it. They, you know, like they don't stop and buy a Coca Cola. Always the weird brand they but make. But they up. did drop Red Bull. Remember, uh, it sounds like you saw this film. Geo Juice is the fake one, but Red Bull was real. Oh, that's true at the bar, right? Oh no, they were drinking right Red Bull. There. Yeah, you're right. Uh, she goes, get me cigarettes and Red Bull, and they're like out of Red Bull. They have Geo Juice. Was uh, <laughs> why is Tarantino making us get to know these people in the same manner than the first one? Because it's a dream. It's a dream. It's, this is how dreams go. It's just, you know, you have a long story about people you don't really know or care. They have a horrific death after an hour, and then you repeat. Your brain just kind of regenerates it, and then we see the same exact thing. It's not even just them driving. It's them driving to the place where they go sit and keep talking. I should also let you know that uh, the 69 Charger has the same American racing vectors on the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard. 
in 79. It's also a 69 Charger. Huh. Oh, very cool. And the 69 Charger is the same model car in Bullet. Um, huh. You know what? I wish I knew. I take it back about this movie. Now that you told me that, it really helps this film. <laughs> I'm running out of things to say about the film, so I'm trying to get to the stuff I didn't. Well, I, know, I know that's what you did. So, listen, our our show is called Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. There's some movies where it helps to have someone in the room with you. So we'll watch this movie together. We'll make it through. Some worst movies you can't sit through by yourself, but maybe you can. You know, I don't know. I'm gonna run out of things to say in an hour or two. Yeah, really. Right now they're doing a bunch yeah. of sex talk. Uh, they, they, you know. She wants to know who's getting it and how's, you know, what are the stories? She wants the dish. And we're learning about, you know, um, we're, we're learning that she's not sleeping with this guy so that she can be a girlfriend and not just some hussy. Um, you know, uh, is this Christian character? And she's mad because she he slept with somebody else on her birthday. I don't know. It's just blah, 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 blah. We don't need to know this. I don't know. Well, it's funny because, like, what happened to Christian Simonson or whatever? The guy that she, the first uh, first lady was, uh, Chimel Julia was texting. Well, we never met him at all. Uh, there was a phone call. There was some texts. It had nothing to do with the story. It didn't even like set her up to be grouchy, which led to something else. It was just gratuitous, just for no reason. And now we're doing it again with these guys. They're just yep. talking about boys. Yep. Yeah. And they say yeah. stuff like, "He's sleeping with the stunt the with um he slept with Uma Thurman's stunt double," and the joke is that's what Ooh. Zoe was playing. So right. Tarantino's eating himself again. Yeah, probably itself. All right, well, we got a couple more minutes before they get to the diner, I guess. It's the next exit. The next exit. Oh, you missed it. All right, well, take the next exit and then take a left and then go under the underpass and go back onto the freeway. Yeah. And then uh, when you see the next the previous exit, get off of there and then circle back so we're going eastbound again. 45 more minutes of this film. I know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't. People were leaving. Like by the time they got to the diner, the, the last of the people left, and it was even the baby walked out. The baby crawled out of yeah. it. He's like, "I'm tired." Yeah. <laughs> the baby provided there. I did that joke on stage, and uh, it only lasted like one weekend because you know no one really gives. It, it was the moment it passed. Yeah. But the original theatrical release version, with the two movies edited the way they were and the movie trailers, has never been officially released. Right? Oh. Like I've never seen the DVD. Well, you can't go to Hulu and see it. You know, I mean, Netflix has The Hateful Eight as a miniseries where they kind of drag it out with opening credits and added maybe a couple more minutes of scenes. But this this is the part where, like, people left. But if you watch, you can see Stuntman Mike. So without That's the whole right. foot fetish thing, this is the first time in the, in the second half of the movie in the theater where you see the stuntman and you go, oh, he's going after it. That camera stuff was added later. That was never in the original. Oh, I Reinhardt. see. Well, he talked. So this is the first time. So let's watch Mike now. What? One more person. There it is. Yeah. See, he's it, watching them. There he is. Black shirt. 
And he's going to disappear, by the way. So this is like, yeah. So this is the first connection to the first half of the movie is that he shows up. But the people were leaving. I remember people leaving. The, the phone. You see, that all wasn't added later. It was the other way around. Okay, so here's Tarantino talking about it. On the editing of Death Proof, there's a half an hour difference between my Death Proof and what's playing in the grindhouse. I was like a brutish American exploitation distributor who cut the movie down almost to the point of incoherence. I cut it down to the bone and took off all the fat to see if it still could exist, and it worked. An extended 127-minute version of Death Proof was screened in completion at the 60th Cannes Film Festival. It works great as a double feature, but I'm excited, if not more excited, about actually having to see the world see my Death Proof unfiltered. So, two hours and 127 minutes, that's two hours. Yeah, so the Grindhouse one was just over, he said it was 30 minutes more, so that means it was 90 minutes, 90 minutes in the Grindhouse. Oh, it, must, it must have been. It must have been seventy-eight minutes. I mean, it, it didn't have the lap dance. It didn't have the Italian Vogue scenes at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. But you're right. No, you're absolutely right. It must have been about ninety. I think they both did almost about. But they both did like. I don't know because there was a lot of scenes that are on the DVD for Planet of Terror that wasn't in the Grindhouse either. So it kind of filled out itself to ninety-seven minutes, but. Uh, a lot of the scenes were cut, but this is all fat. Like, what's he talking about? I cut out the fat and just gave him bones. This well, is now like the pet peeve the... of yours. Now she's telling yeah. about how she got the Tennessee newspaper in New Zealand or Australia. You you don't like that. It, all right. So the whole point of this is that she's a stunt woman. She's fat from Australia. Let's just call it. And she says, when I'm in Australia, I knew we were going to be, I would be shooting a movie in Lebanon, Texas, Tennessee. So I subscribed to the print edition of the local Lebanon uh, Daily Sentinel, and it was sent to my house to Australia, mailed this newspaper every day, because I go into the car classified, the, right. you know, the automobile classified, your know, daily newspaper. Uh, if you don't believe me, go walk to the store and wait in line and get one, and then, uh, or stay indoors, and then uh, have it delivered. So she has it delivered, and she sees what she's looking for, the 1970 blah, 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 the white car from that Papa's movie from 1970, uh, Vanishing Point, Vanishing Point. Uh, yeah, it was a Primal Scream album, and they had a song called Vanishing Point, Vanishing Point. So she's saying, I found the guy who has this exact car, and I want to go get it, and he happens to live right by the chute. Right. Or no, in a deserted farm. And, and we should also mention that Mary Elizabeth has been wearing a cheerleader costume this whole time, but she's not a cheerleader. She's just wearing it because she's an extra, or that's her character's theme. Right. And there's in this movie, which is what this says. It doesn't. Yeah. So I went and looked at the trailer of Vanishing Point after seeing this film, and it looks pretty good, Mike. Well, if it's on, I've seen it a couple of times. It's it's not, you know, there's a Brinsky point and Vanishing Point and uh, there's another car movie. I think Vanishing Point is the one where this guy does a cross-the-country road trip and uh, Cleveland Little, the DJ, who's like, he made it across Kaczynski. Yeah. He, made it, he made it to another state. And, you know, some uh, practical stunts. But yeah, this whole thing is one take and the shot. So we've seen some in Mike twice so far. 
Yeah, I uh, he missed his I I keep waiting for the camera to pan around again, and I think he's he's he disappears. He goes out. He finishes his meal, I guess. Yeah, looks like a restaurant with a homemade sign put there. Please don't steal our yogurt. Oh yeah, so she found the newspaper. So one day I get you know. By the way, I've been spending three hundred dollars to get this newspaper sent to Australia, and then lo and behold, here's the car ad. Oh wait, turn on the sound. Yeah. Turn on the sound. Turn on the sound. Oh, she's so, from Auckland, New Zealand. She said, "Okay, so she <laughs> is from New Zealand." Okay, thank you. So it's it's settled. He was rocking and reeling in Auckland, New Zealand. She plays Prince, herself. My yeah, and I was just talking because I was like, wait a minute, there was an Australian, you know, like, it doesn't make, I never heard of any 70s movies that has a stunt person playing themselves, and sure enough, there was, and the guy was from Australia, so I've always walked that back. And there's stuff I learn every time I watch this movie. I mean, Zoe Bell's good in this movie. Yeah, I think so. There's some bad acting in this one part. I just don't believe their conversation is genuine. But other than that, I think that it, she does a really good job. And I, I don't think it's her yeah. fault. I think it's the chemistry between the two uh, actors. Hey, there's guy from Blues Travelers. Okay, let's see if Mike is <laughs> gone. Nope, Mike's still there. Yeah. He's not going to turn around now. I'm having some eggs. Oh, oh no, he's done. He's, he's, he's leaving. Thanks, buddy. Check it out, Beat in the Bear, season two, episode four. Yeah, that was my truck. Did VJ bring the bear? Did the bear bring the VJ? That joke never gets old. Oh, I could go for some coffee. Look at the coffee in the back. That looks great. Yeah, I, I got to get a VJ from the bear. I lost my dick. <laughs> Don't ever try no. it. I thought it was a thing. Well, I, mean, I thought it was a thing. I... Oh, BJ is uh, named after uh, no. The, he names the monkey the bear because it's named after a famous football coach nickname. All right, so here we go. This is another thing that drives you crazy. This actor was in Kill Bill. He was the rapist in the beginning. Uh, my name is Buck, uh -huh. and uh, I believe he's the actor in Valley Girl. Like he's the uh, the boyfriend. Wait, this but guy is my name is Buck. I like to f. It's that guy? Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. So he already played a uh, rape, he, he played a rapist in the movie. So they say, here's a car for collateral. We'll leave my friend who happens to be dressed like a cheerleader as collateral. Look, this is, Tarantino always does this thing where it's looking down into the trunk, and this time yeah, he right. did it from the hood. Well, there was a rat in the engine, so he didn't want to do it from the, oh, right, he did it from the hood to the trunk, gotcha. There was a rat in the engine? That's why it, it has a rattle. Yeah. You know, if you never drive your car because you've been sheltering in place, you got to check your car for, like, rats and sleeping cats. and like... That's a Frisco problem. <laughs> this is the scene. Well, yeah. The... This is the scene I was talking about. It's, their dialogue is very forced and 
It just doesn't seem like it's a genuine conversation. Right. Well, I you know. And this is talking about the the mask, the half mask, or the kooky mask, or the yeah, in which she uh, sits on the hood of the car as it's driving, with uh, hanging on to a belt. Now, from the time they start getting chased by Kurt Russell until it ends, it's twenty right. minutes. Ridiculous. The chasing this, or we have to wait twenty minutes to see it. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, from the from the time the girls' challenger initially takes off to where stuntman Mike's challenger rolls over, thus ending the chase, the total elapsed chase sequence is twenty minutes and eleven seconds. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so the part in which she's on the hood isn't twenty minutes. I just think that part is really long and unrealistic. Not that we're going for realism, right? But right. Well, think of the circumstance. So she gets a newspaper from New Zealand, uh, from Tennessee. that says, "Here's a car from Vanishing Point." They drive over. They use uh, uh, their friend dressed as a cheerleader as as kind of a, a collateral, and then they say, "I only want this car to do this crazy stunt." They say, uh, "No, I'll rub your feet." Okay, da da da. Yeah, it better be a good foot rub. Yeah, be a slave, and then uh, they do it, and then suddenly Wiley Coyote from the first hour of this movie shows up from Lebanon, Tennessee, and and chases after them. And we're like, that's a great chase. That's a, what an unofficial, inorganic way to set this, to get this chase that exists. You know, like why uh, go through all this? You know, I assume let's you know Final Destination two. Oh no, Death is chasing me, and I'm on the roof. You know, yeah. that's it. That's the only reason. You don't need it. But this one is like so convoluted. So, yeah, this whole thing has kind of a rapey vibe to it, creepy vibe. They're going to leave her friend there and he walks up like yeah, waist level while she's sitting. So it's it's really bad form of them to sacrifice their friend. Yeah, I mean, we don't really see her ever again. She doesn't come out of the car and kick the um, in Mike's ass at the end. That's right. She's not in the final. So, um, yeah, when she leaves- next time we see her, she's um, uh, Lucy. Uh, what's his name? John, John. What's his name in Diamond? Oh, yeah, John, Good- John McClane's Yeah, daughter. yeah, Lucy McClane is the next time we see her. So I guess she lived. Yeah, she marries uh, Justin Long, if I believe correct. Who did she marry, Justin? Justin Long's Long from those uh, Mac and PC ads, right? Isn't that? I don't know. No. No, I think he's the son. That would be oh, that's gross. That would be incest. He has a son. The I think is, it's Justin. I I looked up. Okay, I did look up these people, but. I don't know. I'm not interested. So I didn't write down to I was interested in the stunt uh woman and Rose uh let me just let me pull up these names so I'm talking. Okay, I w- I researched uh Cheryl Ladd's daughter cuz that was interesting and she was in Saved by that. the Bell an episode. Yeah, she- here's your coffee, the uh, uh, screech. Right. 
And she was in 1999's Never Been Kissed with um, that child actress. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't find much interesting about these people. So, and I blamed Quentin Tarantino for that. Oh, you know that these people, well, I mean, like, that some people don't get roles after being in their movies? I mean, no, some I'm people just saying like, that, like, t- right now, the whole thing about them talking her into talking to the guy and using what's-her-name as collateral, it's just, it doesn't serve the plot. It's not great on its own that we should be interested in watching this. So I just sort of didn't look these people up because Quentin Tarantino made them duds yeah well even like the first set of actors uh, the women in the first half of this movie like a lot of them i don't see in other stuff i don't see them in other movies you know yeah. and i feel like maybe this movie kind of kind of set back some people well cheryl ladd's daughter went away and uh yeah. vanessa furlow she did csi in 2007 she went away after this film of course she had a child uh, Sydney Poitier's child went away. <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't say right, this film yeah. killed their careers. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Well, so she has the magazine this scene. Okay. I just guess they... So and he, she says it's a porno. Right. So this is, thank God we had this, the pothead uh, uh, scene because you, you have no reason why she's reading Allure. Why? What do you mean uh, by that? Well, because when I was in the theater, I was like, what's with the magazine? What was the origin story? How, what what story, community story did it look at from? The cheerleader the cheer- is in it, and she's he's going to show Buck. Oh, right. Yeah, I got you. I remember. Now, in fairness yeah, to her, crazy. she doesn't know that Buck likes to fuck. But it's uh, unfortunate to, uh, to Quentin Tarantino fans. We recognize that he used the same actor for a guy who played a rapist. Yeah. And we put them in this circumstance. So, and in fact, it's funny because it's not funny, but in Planet Terror, the, the movie beforehand, Quentin Tarantino plays a rapist in the Robert Rodriguez movie. You, you know, uh, that's a real theme of your show, Mike, I got to tell you. And there is no Star Trek connection. There's always a rape connection. You <laughs> pick our movies. Okay, here we go. Here's the scene. Speaking of which, here's what I'm talking about. See, look, she sees him waste. You don't see his face. It's just his crotch. Yep. And then she says, go. Here we go. The dialogue they just gave is from a fame, is from a commercial from Ronco. Um... It's just another inside Tarantino joke. And the Simpsons did it. All right, Mr. Microphone. I will pick you guys up later. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Like, microphone, you're you're exactly right. Hey, you good looking. Those things are great. I you know, if you live next to the Flanders, you can pretend you're God on the radio and they can walk into walls. It's a neat trick. Yeah. But listen. Don't drop them in a well, because then you're going to say property of Bart Simpson on it, and you being Bart Simpson, you have to go to the well to pick it up, and then you actually fall into the well. Now, this is kind of good, because this is her 
being scared to do it. She's never scared to do it until the second she's about to do it. And she still forces herself to do it. And I bet you this is autobiographical of her real experience. She's about to do a stunt. It's no problem at all. She's been preparing for the stunt. She's all ready to do the stunt. Then just the second before she's going to do it, she's like, am I stupid? <laughs> right. By well, the you way, guys are standing in the By the way, they, what? It's stupid to have a conversation in the middle of the road because then a car might come and hit you. So, yeah, they answer your question. <laughs> anyway, so by the way. You see the pumpkin fields? Uh, what yeah. I was saying, by the way, is Quentin Tarantino planned for a stunt woman to be part of this. And Zoe was like, why you want to do that, mate? I is a stunt woman, I is. <laughs> Classic Pee-wee uh, dialect. Yeah, we never see Mary Elizabeth again. No, we never do. Borders. Meep, meep. What was that? But the thing is, they're all they're all girlfriends. She wouldn't really set her friend up to get raped. You know what I mean? Like I I think right. she maybe incorrectly thought of did, okay. Yeah. But then all right. Okay, I agree. And then she lets her friend ride on the roof of the car. The hood of the car. Well, okay, the whole scene where I said it wasn't believable was the yeah. one lady telling the stunt lady, this is crazy, you said we'd never do it, you promised. And then the second part was the conversation in which um, uh, Rosero Dawson promised she could only come in the car with them if she didn't give them any flack about what they were doing. She was like, you can't leave me here. I want to come on the... Um. So, yes, she lets her friend ride on the on the car. Oh, did you see that neato cut? Like it's a grind. Yeah, but we're too long. Yeah, I'm done with neato cuts. This movie's an hour and a half already. Enough yeah, with the, the gimmick of the yeah. Yeah, enough already. The thing I just sat through machete. Straight here to this scene. At least it's some action. It involves our villain. Yeah, right. He essentially does it. It's like kind of like, you know, you wait the slow burn or like, you know, catch and release type of self-pleasuring where you have like, you have to sit through 40 minutes of dialogue so you can get to this thing. So this is exciting, but it doesn't make any sense why she's in this circumstance. She's not making money, but then again, she's a stunt woman, so she has to be excited by this sort of thing. So yeah, I guess they, that's for uh, character. Yeah, but why would she? I mean, like, she just wants to do it. That's like stunt rock mentality. Like, I'm just gonna do it in, in an open set. Like, can't you go to a closed course? I don't know how many times have I seen a car commercial where it says professional in a closed course? Right. That's why you could try out this shit. And then if there's an accident, you land on like, a, I don't know, Afro AstroTurf or something. Yeah, none of this is CGI. This is all real. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <clears throat> said that this would not be an impressive scene if you knew. I mean, yeah, like the well, Fast and the Furious, but it's not impressive if it isn't real. 
No, is it real that the fucking stuntman Mike just happens to be waiting for them outside? Like he knew they were gonna go down this road. That's he's not following him. No, there he is. He's like Wiley Coyote. He's got the binoculars. Doink, meep, meep, doink. Yeah, just there they are. And an open road, no less. Yeah, now he gets dumber. But not until he gets shot, Mike. No, but even, like, he was scary, like, when he was going off on road. Like, the way he looked at her, he was hard. Now he's just, like, kind of smiley, like, I'm going to go play a back nine type of goofy dad. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Like, his facial features lighten up until he gets scarcely cartoonish. He's having a good time, too, running these women off the road. He isn't doing it kind of a hate bus. He's more like, ha-ha, I'm a dick. Well, he's like a murderer. He's like, it's terror. Yeah. Terror to a ducky. Yeah, there we go. But it's not a fatal kick. Well, I guess he's not intentional. He's just giving a little love tap. Well, part of it is the terror, right? He wants to fuck with them. Yeah, you're right. So he's tailgating. He believes that? He must be from New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, right. As if the country doesn't tailgate. (laughs) Well, there's one particular state to tailgate. You know, that's yeah, always a myth, like, oh, Connecticut drivers suck. You know, every dri- if every state has, like, or the beautifulest women are from New York. You know, there's beautiful women everywhere. Look, she's got no right. strap now, and right. it's not, and it's it's not CGI. I'm sure it's yeah, well, done so responsibly, after- but... Getting back to that screencraft, do you think this movie would have been made if the Uma Thurman uh, revealed what happened sooner? Like, if the, that story didn't come out until, like, 10, 15 years later. I think it would be it have been made, yes. I think that that wouldn't have bothered Quentin, and I, I, we just think that was a mishap one time. Yeah, you're right. Look, she kicked his car. Get out of here. That's crazy. Now, right about now is the time in which this should end. It's just not realistic that it's going on and on. Why isn't the, you know, vanishing point car slowing down, letting her get off, you know? I know they're being chased, but... I kind of miss Fast and the Furious. I mean, those movies were more fun because you got the computer-generated, the CGI effects, like, nah, she'll have, like, some kind of popular music playing as... as those movies tend to do. Wheels World Race. Okay, so here comes a scene that I feel is another inorganic, like, false note, is that they're in Tennessee, and there's a drive-in in the middle of nowhere where there's no cars, and they have a sign, and there's two Weinstein movies, including one that takes place in Australia. It's uh, Wolf Creek and... Uh, yeah. Uh, now, Quentin Tarantino yeah. loved Wolf Creek. As a matter of fact, he considered the star of Wolf Creek uh, fra- for this movie. Again, he was oh, unavailable. Oh, The Old Man? Have you seen Wolf Creek? It's a creepy movie. No. Um, I, I wouldn't... 
Australian horror classic Wolf Creek 2005, one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite horror films. In fact, when he production of Death Proofs in its earliest stages, he briefly considered main actor of Wolf Creek, John Jarrett, as stuntman Mike. Well, he plays a creepy guy. Like he's, The story is that there's this couple, a young 20-something couple, a uh, millennial couple. They're, they're Australian. I think they're in the outback. They're, they're Australian, and they meet a fun, fun guy, and he uh, lets them stay at his place, and they wake up. And that's like 45 minutes. It's the same yeah. kind of premise as this, this build-up. So he was, he's ripping off a movie. He's ripping off Wolf Creek. Oh. So then the guy wakes up, and he's tortured to death, and the guy's going to torture her. Him and he so it becomes a, uh, like a torture porn film, you know, uh, torture porn. So yeah, they're, they're a nice couple. They meet a nice man. They stay, drink with him, and when they wake up, he's torturing them. I'm and not a fan end, of those kinds takes, of movies, but Tarantino loves them. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Well, Eli Roth had a Hostel on Hostel Part Two, which was the same premise. You get to watch right. these guys eat other people. Yeah. This is still going on even after he got spun off the road. That was the time to slow down and let her get in the car, you know? Look how dangerous this is, man. Absolutely. Like, Jackie Chan does some crazy stunts, and a lot of times it's him doing it. But they're more entertaining. They're more like, yeah, he looks straight into the camera. Fuck you. Fucking became a cartoon character. He doesn't know that she has a gun. And he's like, he's saying, that was fun. And he's about to get a rude surprise. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but now she's it. on the it's other foot. Out. Right, now he becomes softer again. He goes super soft and he becomes vulnerable. And suddenly, you know, he's the, the hunted. And I don't know, it's just, it seems weird after watching these women get mauled, you know, first hour and a half of this hard ass, and he just completely turns on a dime in the second half. Well, he's shot, and he pours vodka, uh, alcohol on his wound, and... One does. Now, look, the stunt lady, I'm okay! <laughs> if this was John Wick, he just had to go knock on the door of the, the doctor from the Continental, and... Uh, you know, I can't let you in. Five o'clock, you're gonna no. I can't let you in. It's almost five o'clock. That was a close oh, one. It was. Oh my god! Now Good they're job. responsible, oh, yeah. unlike the Fast and Furious, that if you land on your tires, you're okay. Right. They're teaching our kids look at, to be uh, reckless on the road because they can be on their tires. <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is roll down a hill, and as long as your car keeps flipping over and lands on the tire, you'll be safe and you yeah, can drive the car. Because you're right side up. Yeah. That's right. And you just go rev the engine going. If it's upside down, it'll be a couple seconds. You might have blood dripping, things might flash, and then you crawl out. She got her weapon. Uh, I gotta stick it to him. The stick? Uh, now they're doing it like uh, Night Rider, the George a Romero joust. movie. A joust. A joust. There's a really cool George Romero movie called Night Riders where uh, they are, it's a Renaissance fair that has medieval fighting on motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And it's 
they use like fences and they they motorcycle against each other. It's a pretty cool film. <laughs> you suggest I see it? Yeah, I do actually. It's a great film. What's it called? I Night thought, Riders. Thought, yeah, so it's like Night with without a K. And they're and or maybe there is a K because they play knights. I, I think that's what it is. It's Night Riders. Stephen King's in it. <clears throat> I'll check it out. Yeah. I saw that on the Robert Rodriguez network. He had a network called El Rey Network, and they would play like Grindhouse movies. Yep, just happened to have a bond on the glove compartment. That fits his character. I always thought there was like license and registration. <laughs> and they're like, you got a bottle in here because I need a stiff one right about now. Here you go. You give it. To, you give the license and registration to the officer, and then you go into your glove compartment and you pull out some booze and you drink. Now he got shot in the arm, but now he's shot in the shoulder. Maybe there was a second shot. No, I think he got shot in that area. I in guess the shoulder from the start. Looks gotcha. Like, looks painful. Speaking of painful, is how much more time? Like, I'm getting battery notices on my, my uh, laptop. I mean, my mini radio studio computer. There's like 12 minutes left. All right. There you go. Now he's about to get punched in the head basketball. 37 times in 30 seconds, what? plus a roundhouse really? kick and a boot to the skull. Oh, right. Yeah, but that's outside the Zetproof car. Right. Come on, Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell Hoffman, like fucking Dukes of Hazard, right? Right, so the exactly like there. Dukes of Hazard. Looks like them Duke girls in a heck of trouble. Heap of trouble. A whole heap of mess and trouble. Steaming mess and they trouble. Now they're gonna have to buy this car because they fuck it up. I know that's the thing. So uh, <laughs> so Lucy McLean's sacrifice was not in vain because he's gonna make a sale. Right, that's true. Well, she only wanted it for the the fight. Oh, so I guess we're gonna smash the drive-in. But the weird thing is, like, who the fuck lives out here? I haven't seen another driver at all. And this is notably during the day, while well, the first half was during night. Or day into night. Lots of livestock. Yeah. You know, he treated the, the extras like cattle. <laughs> Oil rigs and a lone drive-in movie theater. He's going to crash through the sign right through it, right through it. Which is a double feature. It's a nice touch by the end of this Reinhardt experience. You go, oh, yeah, double features fucking sucks. I'll never see another one again. <laughs> Although I love double features. What a way to spend the afternoon. Now, this is Kurt Russell's chance to get away, and he blows it. He doesn't get away. He keeps going down the same road. Well, his <clears throat> GPS told him to turn money. <clears throat> But I mean, he could have turned and gone parallel or perpendicular, perpendicular and gotten away. I would just go right into the lake. You're right. Yeah. Here comes the crash. 
Whoa. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm not here. Oh, look, there's actual cars. There's people. They're in civilization. Strange. Ouch. Whoa. I don't think that was in the theatrical. Look at that, that funny blood. Yeah, it's so red. Maybe he just got a tattoo and is bleeding on, on his arm and his shirt. Look at all these pedestrians. <laughs> no. Yeah, you got actual cars. Innocent bystander uh, cars. Uh, yeah. Well, this could be the Matrix, too, and they are driving the simulation, so it doesn't matter. They all turn into Agent Smith. Watch how these cars, some of them, like, really spin out. Cool. So I wonder where Lebanon is. Here we go. Yeah. Excuse me. He's got, excuse me. He's, whoa, he spins out. My sticker showing two children in the backseat did nothing. Your stick figure family, you better scrape off one, dude. <laughs> scrape off that dog. <laughs> Oh, you know that bumper sticker that says your child is an honor student at uh, right. Wolf of the Elementary? I think you need to change the tense of that. Bye! <laughs> this goes yeah, on too long. Too long. Hey, well, it's car is death proof, Carl. I mean, it's a dead man's dream. Now he thinks he got away, and he's he got a, he's all happy, and then, ah, oh, damn it! They're back. I know, but he—he's not as cool as he was in Austin. No, I think he was a he's not, and that's—I think Tarantino's trying to, you know, make the bad guy get what's coming to him, which is just like doing yeah. exactly what the bad guy did. He goes, "I was just so kidding. These... I was just playing." I know. Right? They're going to kill him. Yeah. But are they seeking revenge for the first set of women who they did? I mean, maybe they saw the first half of the movie. Right, they, they might have seen the first half. Yeah. Whoa, this movie's out of control. Yeah, they got the extra cars going. People say this is a great chase scene. Bullet is a great chase scene. There's a point to it. Bad guys need to be chased. Right, a point to it. Boom! Yeah. Wolf Creek. Or are they down for the count? Wolf Creek. It's a creepy movie, and there's a sequel to it. the The hero doesn't really win. He gets arrested and, and framed for the murder that the old man did. Oh. And, he gets and they say it's based on a true story. That's the only reason why I give it away. Here's another chance true. for Kurt Russell to get away, and he won't take it. And he's talking to the camera. Is he gonna look in the camera again? Like it's fucking trading places. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, there they are. Sonic the Hedgehog. They're both, they're up there in the green hills on one. She's Hedgehog. <laughs> you know how there's different levels. Like you could you could go down the bottom of the hill, or you could go on top of the hill. I don't. I I'm I'm no good with those. I. I missed that whole boat. Yeah, well, it, don't worry. It's a dumb reference anyway, and my mind is racing. 
I, I got away with it, right? He's giving a little curl of Russell laugh. No! Up, oh, he's good. fine. We'll, we'll, the wheel's fine. We'll light up. Yeah. And she's fine, too. You know, I haven't seen the barefoot in like an hour. Yeah, what's up, Quentin? Just ass shots? Give me a break. I guess your footage is over. You must have squirted. <laughs> right. Let's see the movie over. Yeah, this cartoon, like, punch in 37 times. 30 yeah, seconds. in 30 seconds. You bought sugar-free Kool-Aid? Take that. I asked for paper towels, not napkins. <laughs> Road rage. <laughs> this is for the first set of women. Probably Kurt Quentin was like, let's do it again. And Kurt was like, please, no. No. Yay, the end. It has a cheesy ending. Like he, but it is the so for, Oh, there he is. Back. That's a that French pop song that's in the simple favor. Yeah, last shot. There we go. There it's the credits. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen. We had just lost. Well this is uh see Rose Pam, Rose McGonna uh when they before the projector again. Vanessa's the only star who's one of these women at the end. She's in a car. Oh yeah. Well, you know, when you go to the theaters in the 70s, the projectionists would show these reels to kind of align the camera. There she is. She's yeah. in the car. So, so it's like uh, so the projectionists could focus, and then also right. guys could get to look at some movies. So that's what the reference is. Uh, God, hey, Carl, what do you think of this movie? I thought it was gratuitous and dumb, and I I enjoyed parts of it, and I really enjoyed how he made it retro. I think that was a very good job. Yeah, I I mean I feel like it's a dream movie where it's like a bad dream you would have where it's just the same thing happens over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so if I feel like to be in that state, and it's not as obnoxious as some other movies he's made, but this one's pretty bad for sure. Yeah. Uh, Boo hiss this movie. And well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been a... the least of his films. Yeah, even Quentin Tarantino agrees with us. See Quentin, and I'm glad I said no. So I was right. But... <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, L-W-A-F-O-M-O-Y-T, with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl, I'm very excited to... Carl, thank you so much, audience. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Michael. See you next time. Bye-bye. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike From thy sleep. This is Mutiny Radio.fm on the internet from San Francisco. And it's time to get on board the morning train.
wake up your sleepy head Put on some clothes, shake up your bed Put another log on the fire for me I made some breakfast and coffee Look out my window, what do I see? A crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me All the nightmares came today It looks as though they're here to stay What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you. I think about a world to come where the books were found by the golden ones. Written in pain, written it all by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today. It looks as though Faces in golden rays. Don't kid yourself, they belong to you. They're the start of the coming race. The others are bitch. We finished our news. Homo sapiens have outgrown their use. All the strangers came today, and it looks as though they're here to stay.
Two from David. From the original vinyl best of compilations that were released in the United States, we heard John, I'm Only Dancing from Changes One Bowie and Oh, You Pretty Things from Changes Two Bowie. JD Buell with you on the morning train. Thank you for being here and joining me. I'm bringing you now John McLaughlin and Peace, parts one and two.
John McLaughlin, John McLaughlin on acoustic guitar with Jerry Goodman, violin, Dave Liebman, flute and soprano saxophone, Charlie Hayden on bass, Mahalakshmi on tambura, Ayerto Moriera, percussion, Badal Roy, tabla, and Billy Cobham, drums. From the album My Goals Beyond, Peace One and Peace Two. As long as I'm popping my peas, how about some songs from Pentangle? Burning in the muscles 